The dark room is a place of process and development. A place where moments are captured, details are exposed, and images are revealed. What if everything we're striving for in life can be revealed through a shift in perspective? What if our lack of focus on who Christ is in us corrupts our destiny and impact? What if we could adjust our lens and fix our eyes on the right image? What if we could filter our mind and capture who God really is? What if we could change our position and expose the lies we believe? Who is God? Jesus, the image of God revealed. resurrection is your resurrection too. This is why we are to yearn for all that is above, for that's where Christ sits, enthroned at the place of all power, honor, and authority. Yes, feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm, and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities, and not with the distractions of the natural realm. Your crucifixion with Christ has severed the tie to this life, And now your true life is hidden away in God in Christ. And as Christ himself is seen for who he really is, who you really are will also be revealed, for you are now one with him in his glory. Live as one who has died to every form of sexual sin and impurity. Live as one who died to diseases and desires for forbidden things, including the desire for wealth, which is the essence of idol worship. When you live in these vices, you ignite the anger of God against these acts of disobedience. That's how you once behaved, characterized by your evil deeds. But now it's time to eliminate them from your lives once and for all. Anger, fits of rage, all forms of hatred, cursing, filthy speech, and lying. Lay aside your old Adam self with its masquerade and disguise. For you have now acquired new creation life, which is continually being renewed into the likeness of the one who created you, giving you the full revelation of God. In this new creation life, your nationality makes no difference, or your ethnicity, education, or economic status. They matter nothing, for it is Christ that means everything as he lives in every one of us. You are always and dearly loved by God, So robe yourself with virtues of God, since you have been divinely chosen to be holy. Be merciful as you endeavor to understand others, and be compassionate, showing kindness towards all. Be gentle and humble, unoffendable in your patience with others. Tolerate the weakness of those in the family of faith, forgiving one another in the same way you have been graciously forgiven by Jesus Christ. If you find fault with someone, release the same gift of forgiveness to them. For love is supreme and 
must flow through each of these virtues. Love becomes the mark of true maturity. Let your heart always be guided by the peace of the Anointed One who called you to peace as part of his one body and always be thankful. Let the word of Christ live in you richly, flooding you with all wisdom. Apply the scriptures as you teach and instruct one another with the Psalms and with festive praises and with prophetic songs given to you spontaneously by the Spirit. So sing to God with all your hearts. Let every activity of your lives and every word that comes from your lips be drenched with the beauty of our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One, and bring you constant praise to God the Father because of what Christ has done for you. Amen. Yeah, have a hand for that, the word. Woo. Jesus, Lord. I know it's going to be a little different. It's going to stretch you too. So if I work on Shank, I got to work on you as well. So if you do me a favor, just please stand. And I want to uh, release uh, something on this room today. And um, just do me a favor. Put your hands up. If you think it's weird, don't do it. But, man, I'm going to pray for you. Because I wanted to start now. The revelation to start now. Not as we leave here, but now. So, Lord, man, we just ask for a fresh set of, set of lenses to fall on our heart. Right now, in the name of Jesus. We just ask, Lord, that man, man cracks. The concrete that is over the ability for us to love one another is broken. And that we are able to receive your love today in the purest form. And that we're able to walk into our identity of who we are. So I ask, Lord, for a fresh set of lenses. And I'm talking about the ones that look inward, not outward. The ones that lie to us and impress us and tells us something different where we are. So I ask, Lord, that, man, a fresh set of lenses just fall on my brothers and sisters in this room this morning. And, man, I just ask God that, man, you just heal the things that keep them from walking in the fullness of who they are. In the name of Jesus, I pray this. Amen. We're just going to sing this. You can stand up. We're going to sing one more song. I just want to release something over the room. I want us to be able to receive God, what he's got for us today. This isn't about some weird thing. It's about like what God wants to do with your heart. And it's, it's an oldie but goodie for me. And I asked Brittany if she would sing it because I want you during this period of time to reflect as you sing, how can my heart increase for you? How can my heart connect with my mind? To know that, man, I am a son and I am a daughter and I am loved. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Come on, if you know it, sing it. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see.
in the right posture to receive. You see what I'm saying? If you come in in communion and you're just in order, and what I mean by that is when you come in here and you have anger and you have bitterness, exactly what it was just talking in Colossians, and um, you can't receive. You see what I'm saying? You, you, the, the vessel's not open. Your temple is not open to receive what God has for you this morning. So, it's important to come with that posture in communion with the Father, right? So that we're able to receive what he has for us. And, and, and that's why it's extremely important. It's extremely important that, man, that's how you come. And if you could come that way, then man, God could do something great, right? You know what I'm saying? But he, he, he could still do things great. But, man, if you are not able to receive, then, man, you just won't get it. And you can't give what you don't have. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, uh, I love everything about what Inga talked about there in Colossians. But I'm going to focus directly on, man, because I know that there's a rule that we only got so much time. So, <laughs> because I could be here for the next six, eight hours unpacking this thing, man. That whole chapter is like insane. And, man, we could just like get. So in the first verse, I could spend I could spend two hours just man tickling your mind grapes with that, right? We're resurrected in Him, and man, it's like what, man? What's that mean? And man, we're our spirits are already in heaven, and man, we're seated with Jesus in Him. Man, that's a whole lot. Then your mind grapes would be like, what the heck, man? And that's a whole lot of just one verse. So I'm going to go with verse 14. And if you could throw that up for me, that'd be great. Um, verse 14 only. And then I'm going to unpack because to me, that relates to the rest. That relates to the rest, that, that particular verse. And what it's talking about, maturity, right? Maturity is about, um, hold on, thank you. It's okay. I love in this verse right here, I'm going to reread it one more time. It says, for love is supreme and must flow through each of these virtues. Love becomes the mark of true maturity. So you understand, long time ago, right, 2019 years ago, there was a guy, his name was Jesus, came on earth, born a virgin, purest form of what? Love. God himself came from having to earth in a human being form. And it was, his name was Jesus, but he was the purest form of love. Now, stick with me on this because it could tickle you a little bit and you can start going, huh, man, what? But just stick with me because I'm going to go real simple and easy on this so that you, I hope your heart is open to receive this because this is where you find freedom. You know, Psalm 23 says that, man, I set the table before your enemies. And there is no enemies. Jesus already won, but this is how you find freedom, is in love. Perfect love casts out all fear. Man, I'm not making this, it's all in the Bible, right? Perfect love. And maturity of love allows you to be able to walk into knowing who you are and that nothing can be formed against you. Does it, do you understand? Nothing can be formed against you if you're walking in the pureness of the Father's love. So Jesus, he came to earth in the purest form of love. He ministered to people, and he showed 12 dudes 
how to fall in love with God. That's discipling. I, I mean, I could, we could read scripture, and, and I do believe that there's four things that we have to do as followers of Christ. I mean, how many people here would say they know Jesus? How many people in here would say they're followers of Christ? You see, there's a big difference, a huge difference between, well, knowing some dude and then following him. Because if we follow him, it says right here in Colossians, these are all the things that we will give up. But once we are resurrected in the fullness of who we are, right, those things will go away. Because it's impossible to live in Jesus and him live in us and then us to act this way. So Jesus came to earth full of love. He did his ministry. He had 12 dudes who that he, man, and I'm talking about dudes who were illiterate, man, didn't have a car, didn't even have a Bible to read. You know what I'm saying? The Bible hadn't been, I don't know if anybody, but the Bible hadn't been written yet. So this is 12 dudes that he just did life with, right? He just did life with them. And, and, and today's time, you know, we have Scripture that we can stay rooted in, you know, because that's what holds us in the trials and the tribulations and the storms. We're able to laugh at the enemy because we know who we are. So Jesus, full love, the purest form of love, the mark of love to fall on earth from the Father because he was fully human, fully God. Fully human, fully God. So in that, he died on the cross for us to forgive our sins so that why? So that we could become right with the Father. And then go back to Genesis, right? And I love it in there. He says, take off your old Adam mask, and that's not who you are. You go back to Genesis, right? And what does he say? He says, well, okay, now that you have fallen out of love with me, then I'm just going to send you into the world. But Jesus came to make us right to come back to the fullness of what he intended us to be, which is the pureness of love. The pureness of the Father's heart right? The pureness. That's why I say sometimes, man, I can't wait till you get free. Because, man, you know, we're not judges, but I do love over in Psalm 82, it talks about, man, we are God's judges and that we are little gods on earth. And we, and, and how do we judge? Well, man, if I'm looking at you and you're living this way, right? You're having anger fits, you're having rage, you're having hatred, you're cursing uh, your fellow brothers and sisters, you're talking bad about them and you're lying and you're gossiping and you're doing all that, guess what? There's no possible way you could be the purest form of love and have that. You see what I'm saying? So it's not me judging you. It's trying to me edify you in those moments so I don't condemn you any further than what the enemy already has. But I am here as a uh, minister of reconciliation. That's what the Bible calls us, Right to edify you and resurrect you into the fullness. But what's the fullness? The fullness of love. That's what it is. So one day, you know, we was talking about this last night at City Church. One day, 
we're going to stand before God, and there's going to be a book written. There was a book called the Gospels, and there was Jesus, and there was a book of Matthew, and there was a book of Mark, and there was a book, book of John, and one day there's going to be a book of Shannick, and there's going to be a book of Sean, and, and, and there's going to be a book of Reese. And, and man, the gospel's still living. I, I, I know people, man, that's going to tickle some mind grapes, but I'm going to tell you the book's still being written. And someday God's going to look at you and he's going to say to you, how well did you love my people? And I believe that's the only thing that he's going to ask. Because, man, what did Jesus say? Jesus said the greatest commandment of all these is love God with your heart, mind, and soul, and love people like I loved you. Well, the gospels explain to us who we are, right? So we know how to love. And I may be preaching to the choir on some of this, but this is real. If you want to be set free, the freedom comes in knowing who you are, the pureness of the Father's heart, which is love. It's not a whole bunch of legalistic things that we have to check off on this list because I promise you this. If you go down through this list and you start saying, well, man, what I'm going to do each morning is I'm going to make me a list and I'm going to say, well, man, I'm not going I'm to make sure that uh, today I, I don't have any rage. Uh, today I'm, I'm going to make sure I don't hate anybody. Today I'm not going to curse anybody. Today I'm not going to have filthy speech. Today I'm not going to lie to anyone. Man, that's legalism. There's no checkoff box to become the pureness of the Father's heart. You have to know God and how much you are loved. Or, man, you can't even do those things. You can't rid yourself of something you don't have. And and what I mean by that is, like, you can't love people unless you know how much God loves you. You know, a lot of people say we have in the church, in our body, right, a Jesus issue. No, what I say is we have an identity crisis. Man, we don't know who we are, so we walk around and we're just slandering people. And we're talking bad about our own brothers and sisters. We're throwing stones over the fence when we only got our own baggage. Why does he say stuff like don't judge others like, uh, or you're just judging yourself? And then he says, man, what about that plank in your eye? You know, <laughs> me, I got a redwood forest in that my eye. You know what I'm saying? And, and he said, why, why talk bad about people when you ain't even loving me? Because you can't love people. It's impossible for me to love my wife if I don't know how much God loves me. It's impossible for me to love my neighbor if I don't know how much God loves me. Because in that love, right, you're able to love people like Jesus loved us. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, man, if somebody talks bad about you. It doesn't matter if somebody steals from you. It doesn't matter, man, if somebody destroys your property. It doesn't matter if people break in your house. It doesn't matter. All that, who cares? Man, you're stealing from my dad anyway because I don't own anything. You see what I'm saying? But what we do is we posture ourselves on salvation. And we don't posture ourselves on redemption. 
and justification. And we are justified by his blood. What he did on the cross, and every single time that we are not able to love like him. One time I had someone tell me, hey, uh, and, and today I feel like I have freedom to, to speak openly to you all because you're my family. Yeah, me and Shane became friends a year and a half ago. But I told him, this is where God told me I was supposed to be. And this is my family. So I, I feel free to be able to express myself in this way. I probably wouldn't do this at the city church the same way because I want you unlocked. I want you to be free. I want you to be able to walk out of here with a new set of lenses and go, what the heck was that little short, overweight, crazy dude talking about? And then, man, you speak to the Holy Spirit, not Shanik, and not put all the pressure on him. And you figure it out. In John 6, it says that, man, the only way to Jesus is if God takes you himself, not Shanik. And not Corey. And, man, Brittany could sing the best songs in the world. And, it, and she can usher in the presence of God like no other. I love standing there because you immediately feel it like a wave just about knock you over when she opens up her vocal cords. And, man, the presence of the Lord just comes in. It was just like when David used to play the hymn for, to sue Saul. It's no difference, right? But this is your journey. This is your freedom that you're at fight for. It's in your mind that, man, the battlefield is. I can't get in your mind and set you free. Only you can do it. And the only way that you're going to fall in love with Jesus in the fullest. And when I say, how many people follow Jesus in the room? There's a whole lot of people in here raise their hand. And then I would ask behind that, how many of you know your neighbor's next door name? How many people have actually, man, loved someone that so much that the Holy Spirit just awakened inside you and destroyed you? Because it was his love coming out of you. I would say to you, well, man, have you done anything for Shanik lately? And, and man, I'm not, I'm not on blasting you. I'm just being for real. This isn't a, a consumeristic church that, man, Shank is like everything, he has to do everything for you. That's not the way the church works. You won't mature. You won't grow. You won't come into the fullness of who you are. Man, I was in Africa. I've been there a few times. And I remember hanging out with the Maasai warriors. And as the Maasai warriors lead their sheep out in the morning, the warrior comes out, and there's a big old corral that they built with burrs and stuff. And there's all these sheep inside this, inside this pen, right? And he opens up the pen, and he doesn't take off walking. And, them, and they follow him. He takes the first one he can grab. And he shakes it a little bit, and he sends it out on the trail. And guess what all the other sheep do? They get in line with the first one, and they go. The shepherd, he walks in the back, and there's little bee paths. You can see everywhere where they're going. And what does the shepherd do? He has a long rod, and he just barely taps if they start to get offline. You see what I'm saying? Shannon shouldn't have to lead from the front for you to follow. 
He should be keeping you on the narrow pathway as you go. And, yeah, we do have things that get attached to us, and we got great people like Louise and Linda that Lord has put on their heart, man, to, man, break things off, to create more freedom. It doesn't mean anybody is in this room is better than the other. If that was the case, then, man, my name would be John, and I'd be fighting for, for position, right? <laughs> I'm already seated at the right hand of God in Jesus. My spirit's already there. So that's why I say we don't have our Jesus issue. We have our identity crisis because if we knew who we are, we wouldn't put all the pressure on Shannick. We wouldn't put all the pressure on anybody else. We'd live in freedom. And when we have issues, we'd be able to talk to each other right here in this room and help one another because now we're operating in the fullness of who we are, which is, come on, love. And that's how we get set free, knowing how much God loves us. That's, that, man, I wish I could make up more to the story for real. And and I, I've said before, and I, I even told Brittany this morning, I said, man, one day, man, I told Shake, I said, man, we should rent out the Yum Center. 40,000 people, get pack them in there, charge $25 each. We say we're going to have a Christian conference. We have Brittany come and play. Man, everybody's all excited, emotionally high. And I just walk out and say, man, Love God, love people. That's all I got for you. Boom, drop the mic and leave. Because, man, and say, well, thank you for the money. Or we could call it a blessing or a gift. <laughs> we got we to church it up a little bit, you know what I'm saying? But that is the beginning and the end, right? That is the alpha and the omega. It's love. And if you don't know that, then, man, you're just wandering around. But it's between you and God. Because in John 6, right there where he says, God takes you to Jesus, right below there it says, the prophets declare God will be your teacher. So when we're, we're, when we're talking and we're teaching and we're, we're really just trying to get you to fall in love with God so you can be set free. I'm going to close with this. And, and here, lady... Lately, um, I've been thinking about that story about, and man, and, and don't, don't take this as condemnation because I want you to know, man, I'm edifying you. I'm trying to release something in you. I'm trying to speak in there where the Holy Spirit will just come in and just wreck you today. I hope he does. I hope you walk out here, you call me a liar, a blasphemous, you're crazy. And, and man, I hope the Holy Spirit just tonight, just man, pour so many dreams in your head that, man, you are set free. Man, how awesome would it be if brothers and sisters knew who they were, walked into their identity, and we had 300 million people in America running around like Jesus? Because that's who we are on earth. But instead, the enemy just keeps tricking us with all kinds of pollution and mind control, even in our food. And I could go on and on about that, and I, I know my time's just about up, but... That's how he gets us. Then he causes division and he causes denominations and pulls us apart and he lies and he, man, just gives us a bunch of head trash. And then you know what generation we do? We pass it along because we don't know any better. You know, I, I, I watched a movie the other night with my wife and it was about Adolf Hitler 
and his second man destroyed all these thousands of people. And, man, please receive this. And he destroyed all these people. We watched that movie, and at the at what happened was the Jews found end up finding the Catholics helped him go to uh, Argentina, and he was there in 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 hiding, and they went and found him, and they put him on, uh, they judged him, and and they end up killing him. That was the end of that story. But even on the stand, the dude was saying what I was doing was defending my country, what I was doing was right. And Inga said, "Man, it was such a sad story." But you know what? I saw the sadness. I saw the sadness that he really believed what he was doing was right. He really believed what he was doing was the right thing to do, right? And why? Because generationally it just had been passed on and passed on. And one man was feeding people just, man, the false gospel. But what if we do that? You ever thought about it like as Christians? Spiritually, we kill Christians all the time by by feeding them a bunch of religion that oppresses them and denies them the fullness of who they're supposed to be. And I know that that's going a little, maybe stretches your mind grapes, but it's real. That's why, man, you only can listen to God. And Shannon's here to push you to him. And keep you on the narrow pathway. Because religion, it just wants to hold you. Wants to destroy you. Wants to lie to you. Make you something that you're not. You're a child of God. You're a son and daughter. And where do I see that in the Bible? Because I always like going back to the Bible. If not, it's just me giving a whole bunch of garbage, right? There was a guy, he was laying by the pools of Bethesda. Yeah, and me and Inga have been there. It's beside the Church of Ann. It's in Israel. It's a beautiful spot. Me and Shanik was there last year. And beside this pool, there was this guy, and he was laying on this mat. Been laying there forever. Jesus walks by, and he says, man, will you help me get into the water? And Jesus is like, why haven't you gotten the water before? He says, man, nobody will help me. And he says to him, I love, this is one of my favorite parts of the whole Bible. And, he, and if you ever, now I hope that when you read the Bible, you'll catch it. But he looked at him and he said, do you want to be healed? Because there's a whole lot of people in this room, man, you say you know Jesus, you follow Jesus, you love Jesus. But do you really want to be free? And do you really want to be healed? Jesus told the man, I loved it because he's so powerful, right? He just looks at him and says, man, pick up your mat and don't go sin no more. That was it. And then he said, and don't tell nobody about what just happened because it's just between me and you. And then the guy runs off and he runs directly to the temple. And it's, the temple is about a, a block away. I've been there. It's like a block away. So he runs to the temple and he goes inside and he's carrying his mat. And then the religious leaders start, man, just giving him the, why you got that mat? How did you get healed? They couldn't see the miracle that had just been created, right? And he starts defending himself 
with Jesus. He comes back and he runs in Jesus outside the temple again. And he says, Jesus is like, what are you doing? And the guy says, well, man, I, I told everybody about what you did. He said, but I told you not to. I told you don't go sin anymore. Right? Where was the sin in that, right? Wasn't in any of this. You know where the sin was? He got set free, and he ran right back to religion. Why? Because we're more comfortable as slaves than we are being free. We're more comfortable, and generationally, people who have told us who we are than being free. Another prime example of that, right? Moses goes and gets all the dudes over in Egypt. Says, hey, man, God's going to set y'all free. He leads them through the water, just like the song said. He gets them over onto the other side. A million, a million people. Can you imagine the size of church we'd have to build if a million people got free? <laughs> I mean, like, come on, man. That's like city of Louisville. That's how but we'd have to really build a big dome. That'd be a big project for you, Wayne, on the roof. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. A million people he led over there. Could you imagine if you led one or two or maybe 12? That's what Jesus did, right? He got 12. That's how big his church was when he left. 12. My thing in that, though, is, right, they get over to the other side, and what happens? They want to run right back to slavery. They get a little bit hungry, a little bit, they don't have no water. And the first thing they say is, I want to go back. So, man, that's that, That's what I got for you is my challenge is for you this week, or not even this week, today. Repent, for the kingdom of God is near. Repent, and you can walk into the kingdom Anytime you want. That's exactly what I see when John the Baptist says that. Repent. Become into the fullness of who you are, and you can rock, walk right back into the kingdom where you're free. You're, there's no slavery in the kingdom. There's none. You're free. So that's what my challenge is for you. And I hope that, man, you know, in the past, I say, oh, man, I hope I, I'm sorry if I, but no, I'm not. I hope that I really tickled your mind grapes, and I hope that you get set free and you know how much the Father loves you, and that's where the freedom comes. And and I just love you. You have no idea of the freedom I felt the first time I walked into this building, and I knew this was my home. This was my community, and this is who I was going to be with. It was instant. I sat in over here, and I just remember this was where I was supposed to be. I'm not going nowhere. This is this is my community. There's only one church, right? So I can't say church. There's only one church, Church of Jesus. But this is my community that I do love with, that God has me here right now. And I want to do everything possible I can to hold up your arms while you shepherd us from the rear. You're amazing, and you're an amazing son of God. And I'm, and I'm proud and honored to serve you.
So let me pray for us. Is that okay? Was it good? I mean, come on now. <laughs> I'm sure, man, that like, like, woo, shit, damn, man, that dude's crazy. Yeah. But that's the only way I know how to love, right? When I, I was suicidal six years ago. I was in Miami, Florida. And a homeless dude said three words to me. He said, God loves you. And I couldn't believe it. I was like, man, somebody loves me? Because what you don't know is you don't know about my past. I, I didn't have a father. My mother was a prostitute. Man, I can go on and on about the stories of my childhood, how I was physically, sexually, and mentally uh, destroyed as a kid. So I carry the same baggage you all do. There ain't nothing you can hide from me from. You know what I'm saying? We all got that stuff in us. But the difference is, man, Jesus, he set me free. And, man, I don't go back to Egypt, and I'm not going to run back into the temple and, and get filled with a whole bunch of stuff, head trash, that keeps me from being free. So that's what I pray for you all today. I pray that, man, I pray in the heart. Man, as Jesus sat in Gethsemane and wept, wept over the temple of Jerusalem while they couldn't get it, while they couldn't be set free. I, I pray the same for you. Man, you're my brothers and my sisters. You're my family. Man, most of all, your sons and daughters of God whom when you were resurrected into the fullness of love, the father said, that's my son, that's my daughter who I am well pleased and I love. 